right. Here we go. Here we go. One more time. Everybody needs fine. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Here, here we, we go. go. <laughs> to Gilmore to Consider with Tara and Haley. I'm Tara. This is Haley. Hi, Haley. Hi, Tara. Back with more to consider. We have so much to consider. I think the voicemails that I've selected for you are kind of fun today. I'm excited. This is the first Gilmore to Consider episode that I haven't picked the voicemails. I'm very, very excited. Yeah. I'm ready to be put on the spot. I want to start off with one that I have for you to consider. Not really consider. Maybe a correction or consideration to have. Okay. Was that um, someone who listened to our back to school episode mentioned that we actually do know where Paris gets accepted to because in Here Comes the Sun, which you and I never watch. <laughs> Correct. They mention that she gets into Columbia, Princeton, and Yale. Oh, is this when she's having her conversation with Lorelai? I don't remember. Okay. So with someone just, remembering something. Is yeah. this when Lorelai tries to hug her? Maybe. I don't remember. Oh, I never watch these episodes. I never watch that one. These are just episodes that I never watch. The tail end of season three, though my favorite season when I was a kid. Never watch them. Yeah, because someone messaged in and told us that those were the schools. And I was like, oh, yes, of course. I think I like somewhere in my mind knew that. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Bestie. Love it. I can't provide any more information for that. So someone else will have to call in and give us more information on the information I just provided. Wow. This is going to take us a long time to put together. I know. We could just watch it, I guess. That's this true. We fun could. Way. Yeah, it's more fun to hear from other people. Yeah. So let's hear from our first voicemail then. Okay. Hi, this is Ryan. I've been listening to your podcast for like a while and I just want to say hi, but also my question to you guys is that like, if you had to show one clip of any episode of Gilmore Girls to like someone to like convince them to watch the show, what would it be? Because for me, it is the iconic Friday Night's Alright for Fighting fight that is five minutes long and it's just pure perfection. It has some of my favorite Emily lines, including I can look at a plane if I want to look at a plane. And then just the interaction of a child needs a mother and a father and Lorelai just saying, oh my God, is the most iconic thing in the world to me. So yeah, if you guys had to pick a scene to show like, this is why I love this show in order to convince someone to watch it, what scene would you pick? Dang, that's a great question. And Isn't that a also good one? an excellent selection. I know. Friday night's all right for fighting. The fight scene. <sighs> Amazing. Wow. Because like my first instinct is to pick that one. Of course. Because it's so it's so good. I and it encapsulates pretty much every one of the main characters and their yeah. problems. <sighs> yeah. Oh, that's hard. Okay. I think my gut reaction was to say one of the scenes from They Shoot Gilmore's, don't they? But I don't know if there's one that could encapsulate the show like that, like Friday Night's All Right for Fighting. But another part of me wants to... Okay, I have three. I have three selections. So that's number one. Number two, and I know that you're going to know Sparkly Heart, but it would be the Bracebridge Dinner because I I feel like that really gives you an example of the town. Yeah. And like their personalities so i would pick like the eating portion of the Bracebridge dinner when jackson gets up there and the horns are playing and rune swats the horn away (laughs) and lorelei goes and we're off but my third selection i think would be 
in Sadie Sadie when the town is pressed up against the window and Lorelai has to go tell Luke. You know I love that scene. The popsicle scene. The how many goats I'm worth scene. I think that would also be another great selection. But I have to say that I think all of those pale in comparison to Friday Night's All Right for Friday. I know. That's a high bar. That really like totally encapsulates everything that's happening in this show. Yes. To a T. What about you? You're actually going to be very surprised by my answer to this. I didn't... I only thought of this just now I didn't this is not a premeditated answer because it reminds me of like I don't know if you're on book talk at all where people will post like contextless quotes from books of like this is why you should read this whole book uh-huh. and like I have for sure like full send bought like dozens of books because people will just be like a quote and I'm like I want to know what that's from that's okay. amazing all right and so I think that because like Friday Night's All Right for Fighting, Sadie Sadie, these like all give you like the Gilmore Girls stars hollow vibe. Mm-hmm. But I think I might play for them Rory and Jess riding in the car in Teach Me Tonight. Oh. And that scene between the two of them. Okay. When they're talking about like if he should just keep driving. Mm-hmm. I think out of context that scene would is get really someone intriguing. to watch Gilmore Girls. You're right. Because the question that's posed is what scene would you play for someone to convince them to watch the show? Yeah, because like, Mm. I mean, I think that Friday Night's All Right for Fighting, I think Sadie Sadie, they like encapsulate the show. But if I think if I'm trying to pull someone in, I think I would like go with like the boyfriends, like the love interest. I might even play like the Thousand Yellow Daisies Mm. scene, just like to kind of give you like, if you want to watch this, this is maybe what you're going to get. The other one, of course, is Partings is if you come with me, I won't get on the plane. I actually thought you were going to say you jump, I jump Jack and the whole speech that Logan gives her. I, it was a consideration, but I think if I'm like going to rank them, like I'm going to play teach me tonight partings and then you jump, I jump Jack. Okay. That wasn't even like one of my first considerations, honestly, but mm. it, I was a thought. I think another one that would pull people in is season two, a tisket, a tasket. But when Jess starts bidding on Rory's basket. Yeah. And the whole fight that transpires between Dean and Jess with Rory in the middle and then Rory and Dean fighting and Jess being like, okay, are you ready to go? Ooh, that would also be a good one. Or like in Wedding Bell Blues Mm -hmm. when Chris and Luke are fighting. Wow. I feel like it's like you have to look at it like out of context. Mm -hmm. Like would this like pull someone in? But ultimately, I think the best answer is Friday Friday Night's All Right for Fighting. That was an excellent, excellent answer, Ryan. Thank you so much for calling in. Fantastic question. Now, this is a question from one of our younger listeners who called in who gave something to consider that I had never really thought about before. Okay. So let's hear from Sophie. Hi, Tara and Haley. My name's Sophie, and I'm 14. I love your podcast so much. Thank you so much for making it. In your Luke and Jack episode, you guys very, like, offhandly said that um, Luke and Jess was the only pseudo-parent relationship or pseudo-dad relationship. And I would like to add to that list Kirk and Taylor. I would love to hear your thoughts on... Kirk's family life. We only really hear about his mom, I'm pretty sure, and what Taylor means to him. Have a good rest of your day. Oh, first of all, Sophie, hi. We're so glad you're here. So I know, sweet. I love this. What an interesting point she brings up. I know. Because you know that if I were to attribute anybody to being Taylor's son, it would be Bootsy. <laughs> <laughs> you no, know. They're best pals, like attached to the hip. 
very distantly. <laughs> you know what's funny about this is that we kind of talked about this in the episode we just recorded that is airing tomorrow for our Patreon besties in Christopher Returns when Miss Patty says that everybody in town is like Rory's mom. Oh, yeah. I feel like everybody in town is also Kirk's mom. It's also (laughs) Kirk's dad to some degree. Yeah. Yeah. They like all take care of Kirk, especially when he leaves his mother's house in In season season five. five. (laughs) And he like, you know, is kind of just a nomad and he's sleeping in the gazebo. Oh, he sleeps in the gazebo when he gets cat Kirk, but he sleeps in the boat. Like he sleeps in all these different places when Lorelai has to take him in and to live at Lent Diorama. Like we see a lot of people. Because he was supposed to stay with someone else. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There was like a schedule. But you can kind of tell what's that episode where Kirk has to find all the Easter eggs. Oh, I forget. It's not the great stink. No. The Great Stinks, The Pickles. Yes. Pickle Train Conducting. I forget what the episode is. I don't remember what episode it is, but you can tell. he does not want to disappoint Taylor. And it's the episode where he goes, I love you, Luke Danes, in the middle of the street. (laughs) Because Luke finds all the eggs. I love you, Luke Danes. So you can tell, yeah, there's a little bit of like a dad complex there. Maybe Kirk also has daddy issues. Because we don't really know about his family. Sophie's totally right. The only... Like, glimpse of information we get is in a tisket a tasket, speaking of, where he tells Jackson that he has 12 brothers and sisters, and then that ends up not being true. I don't think. He never mentions them again. I don't know if he ever mentions being an only child, but, like, he kind of seems to be the only one who's still living with his mother. (laughs) Unless she has a giant house and he just never mentions them. But, yeah, we we don't know anything about Mr. Gleason and who he is. So, like, it, it does, though, like, in those moments when... He's like, feels like he's let Taylor down. It's almost like kind of one sided, Mm -hmm. whereas like he feels like he let Taylor down. He feels like he's going to be like the skydiver in ballrooms and biscotti. Constantly doing those things for him. Yes. And so he's always showing up for Taylor in a way. I mean, he has a million jobs, so of course he's going to do all the extra jobs. But I don't know that Taylor necessarily feels the same. Yeah. It's more of like something that he like can't get rid of. Like he's made him his pseudo father, but Taylor does not see him as a no Bootsy has already taken on that role yeah but do you do you think that that's a father-son relationship then I don't necessarily think so in the same way that I think it is about that I think it is in regards to Jess and Luke I would say this one harkens back to our neighbor episode Mm -hmm. in the same way that Taylor is family to Lorelai, but not like any particular family member. It's just yeah. like in the way that they we just take care like, of again, each other. We were talking about in the Christopher Returns episode that like family can be a bunch of different things. It doesn't have to be the people that are living together. That I think that Taylor and Kirk fall into that like town family. Yeah. And you can tell, like we were saying before, that Kirk really wants Taylor's approval, which can yeah. feel like a father-son type dynamic. But yeah, what an interesting point to bring I up. I love this. I feel like we'll need to do like a deep dive into Kirk as a whole and like oh, talk sure. about like where we think his family lies because I think that like Sophie bringing that up of like what's going on with Kirk's family is something that we could talk forever about. Fully. I love it. Sophie, thank you for calling in. Thanks, Sophie. This one is another uh, teenage listener and I thought that you would really love the idea that she presents so I'll let her explain it to you. Hi besties I'm Sarah and I love listening to girls to start my mornings. I started watching Gilmore Girls with my mom about two years ago who loved the show and I completely imagine I completely attached myself to Lori right away and it's now 
completely consuming my life. But I'm actually turning 16 soon, and I would love to know if you could plan a more inspired slash school girls and stars season 16. What would you do? Love you so much, and I'll definitely be calling in again. Sarah, happy early birthday! That's so exciting. Right? I know. What was your sweet 16 like? I feel like I should post a picture of the edit that I made on Picnic. When I turned 16. Do you remember Picnic? Oh, hell yeah, I remember Picnic. Yeah, the, the picture from that is, I actually have it on my Instagram account. It's very cringy, but it's like very of the moment. It was very exciting and cool when I posted it. Of course, it is Picnic not was it. I didn't really do like a party. It was like, I of course wore like a tiara to school. I like very clearly remember like being in AP World History and my teacher staring at me like, just dead eyed. Are you seriously wearing this tiara? That's yeah, amazing. Yeah, didn't say anything, but just, just stared like, you dead in the eyes. Okay, and just kind of moved on. <laughs> <laughs> and that's like my biggest memory from being 16. Um, but we just like went to a Mexican restaurant and like, you know, had like a little fun little moment. And then we went to like an outdoor mall and just shopped around and just had like a cute little time. I love and then, that. You know, turned 16. Very cool. That was about it. What was yours? Um, I did you have like a sweet sixteen like on sweet sixteen? Yeah, I had a sixteen a sweet sixteen birthday party on my sixteenth birthday. However, a lot of the girls like that I went to school with, they had like big deal sweet sixteens. Like, like the would MTV rent ones? out a hall for their sweet sixteens. Get like a huge expensive car that they're disappointed in. Yes, and so. I did not go that big at all. We rented the like boathouse in my aunt's complex. She lived in like a beach community. And so they had this really cool like boathouse rec room that I actually had my graduation party in also. It was like carpeted, you know, like not too big a room. And we like decked it out and I invited all of my friends. What's the theme? Pink and green, I think was the theme. Yeah, Yeah. I'm 16 and pink and green and my whole family was there and all my friends were there and it was just a lot of fun. I had a really good time. That's fun. It doesn't have to be anything big. No, definitely not. But looking back, I can't believe and I, I feel the same way about you. I can't believe that we didn't have like a Rory Gilmore 16th birthday yeah. party. For some reason, I wanted like nothing to do with Gilmore Girls like outwardly in my mm, life. Because mm-hmm. I think I was going to have to like reveal just how much I loved Logan Huntsberger if I talked about <laughs> it too much. You were going to be forced. scary. Yeah. But I would have loved to have had a Rory Gilmore Sweet 16. Oh, I know. What would that be? You have to do the pink boa with the crown. Oh, you have to. And yeah. if you can get someone in your family or a friend of yours to put your face on a cake, imperative. Sarah, you have to get your face on a cake. Very important. What, what would be other things? I guess like a lot of people like to incorporate daisies, like mm. because season one, a thousand yellow daisies, that's very like Gilmore Girls. What kind of food would it have? Well, it depends on like what you're going for. Because I feel yeah. like a Gilmore Girls inspired themed party, like what I described that I did for the revival watch is different than like a Rory inspired, Yeah, you know? So I would say there'd be a lot of junk food. Like I would anticipate, you know, pop tarts, -tarts, uh, maybe red vines, the real red vines. Not sure what the fake red vines are unless they're Twizzlers, but whatever. Pizza. Pizza for sure. Maybe like some like takeout boxes, Mm -hmm. like to put the things in. Yes. I actually gave um little party favors in like to go 
like, like, Chinese takeout, takeout. like Chinese takeout boxes. Oh, cute. So that That'd might be, be something really fun to purchase on Etsy. But you could also, depending on if you want to go in this direction or if you want to save it for your 21st birthday, you could make a pink drink called the Rory. Non-alcoholic, Ooh, of yeah. course, because you are turning 16. Um, but you could make a pink drink. Yeah. Have a coffee bar. Yes. Oh, a coffee bar and an ice cream bar. Oh, this party's getting out of hand. <laughs> but it should also be like... No cell phones? No cell phones. Maybe a like movie night going on in the background. Ooh, yeah. You know. Or Gilmore Girls. Yeah. And make sure the cheese goes into individual bags. Oh, so do you want to throw Rory and Emily Gilmore's 16th birthday party? Not at the all. Candles make sure that all the people apart. who are there, Sarah, make sure you know them, you like them, you enjoy being yeah. around them. You do not have to give them a speech. Not if you don't want to. Your mom can, as Lorelai did. And make sure you have ice. Because you know what? Sometimes yeah. you run out of ice. And if you don't have a Luke who's going to have a sixth sense about bringing over ice, you might be SOL. So make it's sure you totally have it. Totally true. What did Suki make for Rory's 16th birthday party? Do you remember? It's whatever. Yeah, whatever Emily came in and did. And she was like obsessed with Suki's food. Yeah, I forget. They talk about jalapeno poppers mm. a lot in the show. So if you want an appetizer, that's a good and one. And pizza bagels. If you don't want to order pizza, you can make pizza bagels. Fair. Oh, what is it in Happy Birthday Baby? The four foot long The giant pizza. Cake? No, the cake that's covered and that has two types of frosting. Oh, and says Happy 16th Birthday Lorelei. Yeah. yeah, get some cupcakes that spell it Happy 16th Birthday Sarah. Perfect. Yeah. I want to have a birthday party like this. Isn't so like fun. I know. I wish I could do it again. Actually, I loved my 16th birthday party, but I didn't get to have a 30th birthday party, as you know, because I had COVID. Yeah. So maybe this year we do a do-over and I will dress up like Rory Gilmore. And I'll give you a, I'll give you a computer. (laughs) Thank God. I know you wanted a new one. (laughs) But it's going to be your 30th birthday. It is. So we'll have a little double celebration. I know. It'll be fun. Well, Sarah, I'm so excited. Please send us pictures. Please. I can't wait to see what happens for your birthday. I, know, I, I hope we aren't wait. too late. It was a couple, it was like two weeks ago that she left this message. Oh, so. so Sarah, if you already had your birthday, please send us pictures of what it looked like if it's already happened. Yeah. Or if not, please let us know when, oh, it, when it happens. Can't wait. Oh, fun. So exciting. Happy birthday, Sarah. What a good Sarah. time. Happy birthday, Sarah. Haley, I feel like most of our followers already know that we don't really drink alcohol, but we do love a fun beverage. Oh, we do. Both of us think a fun beverage and a chill night is the epitome of a good time, especially when that drink is a recess mood, which is a delicious sparkling water infused with functional ingredients like mood lifting magnesium and stress balancing adaptogens. So you can relax without the alcohol. I drink mine every night while reading, of course. Tara, tell everyone how you enjoy yours. Honestly, I usually drink mine while we're recording the podcast. (laughs) It's my favorite way to enjoy a recess. And all of our besties can get 15% off the Recess Mood Sampler Pack at takearecess.com slash GTS. Recess Mood is made with real fruit and comes in four delicious flavors like strawberry rose and raspberry lemon. But my personal favorite is the grapefruit tangerine. And with only 20 calories and no added sugar, it's the perfect way to chill. You deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com slash GTS and get 15% off Recess Mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. I don't know what it is, but cowboy boots are magic. Since they've arrived, I've worn my Tacovis boots almost every day. I have the Annie in Midnight. I know you have the Annie in Bone. I do. But they make me feel so powerful because, of course, it is my dream to be a cowgirl. Yes, I know this about you, but I also know <laughs> you've told me that you wear them 
while you write your book. I do. I wear them all the time because I also wear them when I get dressed up or when I'm sitting at my dress recording the podcast because they make me feel so bold and brave and like I can do anything no matter how I style them. Tacovis has carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality that you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service with boots for men and women handmade from the most premium leathers. And if you dream of being cowgirls like us or you're already Western to your core, Tacovis is the perfect brand to start with because they believe in Western for all. They don't only offer their handmade boots, but all sorts of head-to-toe Western staples. Perfect jeans to go with your boots, pearl snaps, bandanas, and cowboy hats. You name it and they'll get you out. Fitted. And if you can't make it into a store, Tacovis delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. So visit tacovis.com. That's T E C O V A S.com. And as a special opportunity for our listeners, Tacovis has said that they will throw in one of their best selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 on tacovis.com. Just use the code Gilmore at checkout. That's G I L M O R E. It's about a $30 value and they sell fast. So they're always new styles and looks. Again, for a limited time, just enter code Gilmore at checkout to add a free logo hat to your order as a one-time gift from Tecovis. Only at Tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. So this next one is one that I actually really like getting because it definitely shows that the bestie who left it is a avid listener because they really understand both of our interests because it's a two-part question because it's very clear that like one aspect of this I might not get but the other one you might not get okay but I I love it I think you're gonna like it a lot oh I'm so excited okay hi Tara hi Haley this is Hannah love the show I have a fun question um for each of you so um for Tara I found out on I forget which episode it was but you watched the Bachelorette, and so I was wondering how far you think each of Rory's boyfriends would get if they were competing on The Bachelorette, and for Haley, I know you're a big reader and you love Emily Henry, because why not? Who doesn't love Emily Henry? So it's a little bit of generalizing, but I wondered if you could like match up each of Rory's boyfriends with each of the male characters in Emily Henry's books. So Gus, Alex, and Charlie. Um, Yeah, I figured you guys would have fun with those questions. So, bye. Wow, Hannah, great question. I I love this. This is so creative. And also, like you said, lends itself to both of our interests. Yeah. Because I have never read a book by Emily Henry. Which we won't hold against you today. I do know that you have watched The Bachelorette, but... Yeah, I have. Yeah. All right. I'll answer part one of this question. So each of Rory's boyfriends. So, but like, who is the Bachelorette? Rory. I think that that's, is it Rory? Oh, that's a great question. Um, Or do we just think they're contestants on the show? We can make up the rules to this. Yeah. No, I actually think it's more interesting if it's not Rory, because we know how Rory feels about each of these men. Yeah. But up against each other is kind of fun. But let's, who would, who would be the Bachelorette if it wasn't Rory? Oh, I don't know. Me? Oh my God. It's you, Tara. You're the bachelorette. Is it me? I'm the bachelorette. Let's do you. Great. Okay. So so who's in the pool? It's Paul, Logan, Jess, Dean. We'll throw in Tristan and Marty too. Let's throw them in. Yeah. Why not? So I think that for starters, Paul would be like 
do you remember Cam, who was like, ABC, always be Cam from Hannah B season? No. No? We <laughs> don't remember him? This... No. I didn't watch that one. He was so cringy. And I just feel like Paul, though very nice, would come off as like that weird guy. You know that there's a weird yeah. guy every season? And the producers would be like, he's the weirdo. Yeah. Let's zero you in on that. You gotta keep him for a few weeks. I, as the Bachelorette, would keep him around because the producers asked me to. Yeah. But... I would always forget his name, <laughs> right? When you go to give him a rose, you're like... Uh, or I would call out uh, Paul and I'd be looking at somebody different and he'd come walking up, you know, that kind of situation. <laughs> and you're like, oh yeah, I did mean yeah, your makeup, yeah, bud. Yeah, yeah. I think that Marty would also make it pretty far, but he would be Ooh. the guy who I think I would break up with on like our first international excursion like now we've left the house and things are getting real and I'm just like I'm sorry I just have stronger connections with other guys in the house (laughs) and he's like you brought me all the way to Australia to tell me this exactly which it feels like a little bit what she did she drug it out a little bit Mm -hmm. took him to Australia yeah put her legs over his lap exactly he says I like you Tara and you say I like Logan (laughs) I like Logan now Tristan is the villain. Oh, for sure. Tristan is the one who's like starting fights in the house and he's like saying one thing to my face but another thing behind my back. He's just like a smooth talker. And Dean mm. comes to me and he tells me, <gasps> this guy's a villain. Oh, is that what he says? Yeah. <laughs> he, says he says, this guy's a villain. <laughs> when really it's you. Yeah. And then I talk to Marty because Marty's been friend zoned so hard. And I'm like, is this yeah. guy a villain? He goes, yeah, because I trust Marty because he's my friend. But then I'm going to send him home the following week when we go international, you know? Of course. Yeah. Dean comes to me and says, this guy's a villain. So I take them on a two on one because they're they're button heads like this. Oh, my God. The producers made you do it. They did. They were like, <laughs> you're going to take these two guys on a two on one. And I'm like, yes, absolutely. <laughs> and then I send home Tristan only to discover that the real villain is Dean. No, I never saw it coming. So then I go to hometowns. Oh, wait. So so Marty's gone. <laughs> so he Marty left in Australia. Gone. Paul's been gone for a while. Yeah. Paul was gone week two. Week wait, three. So, so when you go to hometowns, you go to Stars Hollow twice. Yes. And then you go to Hartford, yes. which is where you reimagine where Logan's from. I Yes. I only have three hometowns because I'm not messing around. So, But really, it's two. Because do you run into the other person <laughs> when you're on the hometown? Yeah. It's, it's very reminiscent of a deep fried Korean Thanksgiving. <laughs> Jess and Dean are just staring at each other, trash bags in hand. There's about to be a fight. It could go in the direction of like Luke and Christopher. I don't know. With Jess with his hometown, is it going to be Luke and TJ and Liz you're like in the diner and like they've already moved back to town because they bought the house in in town you go up to the little apartment above Luke's (laughs) yeah that's it but first I meet Dean and his family and I discover Clara (laughs) (laughs) yes Dean you have a whole host of terrible qualities and they include your little sister (laughs) yes so first I meet Clara already Strike one. Then I meet Dean's mom. She wants us to keep the door open the whole time we're together. Strike two. Great home cooked meal. Yeah. Dean's mom is very, very good at cooking, (laughs) but ultimately he's not getting the rose. Wait, how does that work? Does he get the rose then? Do you leave his house and you're like, I "Ah, leave his house. I go on the other two hometowns and then we have the rose ceremony and I will not choose him. And he will be very upset because we all know how Dean reacts to things. It's going to be down to Jess and Logan. Do you need to make a pro con list? What he's going to say? Yeah, I think I'll need to make a pro con list. Talk to your mom about it. Then (laughs) I bring 
both of these men home to meet my parents. Wait, how did meeting Mitchum and Shira go for you? Well, they like me because, you know. Oh, because you don't want to be a journalist. I don't want to be a journalist. So. Great. It goes well. It goes great. And, you know, what I love about Jess's family is that, you know, they're very, uh, they're very kooky. TJ's a hoot. Yeah. Luke makes great food. And Liz is so much fun to talk to. She's so whimsical. Fun. So I bring them home to meet my family. And at this point, I'm actually erring more on the side of Jess because he seems more down to earth, right? Yeah. Logan's family seems like they might not get on board with me because they're very wealthy and I don't come from money. But neither does Shira. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) So I take them home to meet my family. And now I'm all sorts of confused because they don't like Jess and they love Logan because Logan makes such a great impression on adults. I bet he does. And Jess does not. Yeah, he's not. Yeah. Now I'm upset. I'm crying on camera viciously so then Jess and I have a whole long conversation and I'm like I need you to like make a good impression he's like I don't do that kind of stuff and then he decides (gasps) he's gonna leave and he (gasps) leaves and then I'm like well okay I guess I'm going to get engaged to Logan because he's the only one left and I do love him yeah you do I bet whoa I didn't see that coming I didn't see Jess leaving of his own accord I should have. Just leaves all the time. So, Logan proposes. <gasps> and I say yes. Oh my god, I thought you were going to say no. But then, oh my god. I find out that Logan had a girlfriend when he came on the show. <gasps> no! And he's like, no, I didn't have a girlfriend. I told her we were broken up. But she did not think that. And I'm like, that's not what she said. She said you guys were not broken up. And he's like, no, we definitely weren't. I'm like, I don't believe you. I don't trust you anymore. And then I go to Jess. And I knock on the door. <sighs> I say, can I steal you for a moment? And then at after the final rose, it is revealed that I am with Jess. Oh, my God. That was a really dramatic season. You know when they say the most dramatic season yet? Yes. That really is. Wow. I just came up with that on the fly. That was some good improv on my part. That was really good. I was, I, I got really worried for a second. I was like, wow, she's ending up with Logan. I know. I never saw it coming. Well, it's one of those situations where it's like, I wouldn't mind being with Logan. Just because I'm on Team <laughs> Jess does not. not mean that I would say no to Logan. Yeah. As I was thinking, as I was conjuring this up in my mind as we were just chugging along, I thought, yeah, I might end up with Logan, but there's always a twist at the there end. There's always a twist. Yeah. After the rose ceremony. Who's hosting after the rose ceremony? Michelle? Tom the contractor. <laughs> My dream, Tom the contractor. It's Miss Patty. Wait, it's the, real Miss Patty. <laughs> the real twist. The real twist is that I run away with Tom the contractor. You come out and it's you and Tom the contractor who was a producer on the show. Oh my God. Jess said no. He didn't want to talk. He no. comes out separately and it's like I wouldn't talk to her. And then it comes up, Tom comes out and you're like, I'm with a producer, Tom the contractor. <laughs> no last name, just Tom the contractor. You would be Mrs. the contractor. Yes, I would. Okay, so I I would love to hear your answer to this question. Bear in mind, I have no context, but you don't really need to explain the context to me. No, I don't. Because long story short of this, when it comes to Emily Henry, I know you've never read it. Mm -hmm. I know you would love it. That like the three books that she has out right now, the love interests are Gus, Alex, and Charlie. And it seems like Hannah wants me to compare like the boyfriends to each of these Mm. men. And like the short of it is I can't. Really? Because these... These are men who are, like, emotionally mature, who, like, understand their baggage, who, like, don't necessarily want to give it to you, but, like, really want to, like, show up for you in a really mature 
you know, they're ready for a relationship where they're going to be a true partner to someone right. in a healthy way. Okay. And that's just not any of the men on Gilmore it's Girls. Not, but that's because we meet them at a time when they're not quite yeah. ready for that yet. Because all of the love stories that are taking place in all of her novels are people who are like in their late 20s mm. to early 30s. So it's like they're a little bit more mature in some ways, okay. I would say. But I wouldn't say they're toxic by any means, which would describe most of the men on Gilmore Girls. But I will right. say this. I can compare each of the couples in each of the books to couples in Gilmore Girls okay. that I feel like you would be able to get on board with. Because in Beach Read, we have Gus in January. And I, I talked about this on my TikTok recently, where I think that Gus in January and Beach Read kind of feels a little bit like Jess and Rory second chance fan fiction. Mm. Because they're two writers who used to know each other. They knew each other in college, but like they knew each other when they were younger and had like maybe a thing, maybe not. Not really sure. You kind of have to figure it out. Okay. But they kind of have like a will they, won't they sort of vibe where it feels like it's like the second chance at it that like if you like Jess and Rory's relationship and wanted them to end up together as adults that might be a good one okay for you to read love whereas in people we meet on vacation with Alex Alex is totally Luke because it's like Alex and Poppy is like the grumpy sunshine where it's like he's grumpy and an acts of service guy who like doesn't really like anyone but he loves her and he loves how like outlandish she is because she's just like a little sunshine chatterbox and it's a friends to lovers grumpy sunshine she's kind of all over the place and he just kind of like basks in that so i would say that's like a perfect luke and lorelei setup Mm. if that's your favorite couple okay book lovers stay with me for a second okay is charlie and nora and they're both in publishing it's not, it's kind of an enemies to lovers, more of a rivals to lovers, I would say. Mm-hmm. But the two of them, <laughs> if Paris and Doyle were hot and worked in publishing, oh. like super hot, like super sexy, that would be the two of them. Really? Okay. Yeah. Very cool. I think Book Lovers is the closest for anyone who likes Gilmore Girls mm. because it's set in a small town called Sunshine Falls with a cast of characters. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely if Paris and Doyle ended up in a small town, wow. but were really hot. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. That's the perfect description. Like, you just sold me on all of those books with those Thank comparisons. You. Oh my gosh. I love them so much. But like, yeah, there's no way that like each of the men, because like, I know that people want to compare them because there's three of them. None of them are Dean. By any means. Bad. Mm -hmm. No. None of them are really Jess. I would say Gus is the closest just because he's like a writer. Okay. Has a lot of deep feels. Has a really traumatic history with his family. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. So like that, that's that kind of vibe. Um, And then Charlie is also none of them. Okay. So it's like Logan. I mean, I guess Logan could fit in there somewhere. Logan could I don't also know. I don't fit feel into the it. writer of it all because he does yeah. write. He's a part of the Yale Daily News, and like, yeah, you know that he has that component to him as a character. Yeah, but but I will say when he in season six when he's like, I should just write all my thoughts down and write a book. I'm like, uh, maybe maybe mm. you won't. That yeah. doesn't seem right for you. Yeah, because <laughs> Gus writes books. Mm. I have to say, I love all the names of these characters. I know. Poppy, January, Nora is actually my favorite name. You would like that one because Emily Henry was recently on a podcast and she said that she was raised on Gilmore Girls and Nora Ephron. And yeah. (laughs) Okay. 
literally the two things I was raised on as well. I know. That's why I feel like you would love them because people who meet on vacation is supposed to be when Harry met Sally. Yeah. And the best thing about Emily is like her writing style is very reminiscent of Gilmore Girls because it's very bantery that she makes a lot of references that you kind of like if you don't know them you kind of miss them sometimes some of them are like very open and I feel like in a lot of times in like writing making like relevant pop culture references is kind of like I don't love it it doesn't always like land well but I feel like the way that she does it really does love book lovers is kind of an homage to um like the you've got mail mm. bookstore book is a book shop around the corner mm-hmm. is that what it is mm-hmm. yeah it's like a bookstore setting and it's like a love letter to like New York in some ways oh I love that you would really love it yeah I would yeah I'll get on that train on the Emily Henry train that's where I live I'm the conductor you're beep, the beep. conductor of that train I love it does the train beep no, no it choo choos choo choo yeah toot toot yeah a little toot toot yeah but oh my gosh I loved that question oh I did Hannah. too Hannah thank you so much for calling in all of our besties today these were great voicemails and there are so many other voicemails waiting for us in our inbox for us to answer next week we'll get there next week until next time until next time If you have more for us to consider, unpopular opinions, spicy takes, things you think we're forgetting, or you just want to say hi, give our voicemail a call at 860-578-4653. That's 860-578-4653.